Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. This is Monica Ramirez, the Warrior of Love, and thank you for being in Soul Talk. And today we have a very different interview that I have not had this before in, in my channel. That it is, well, her name is Maribel Decker, and she it is an animal communicator. And well, let me tell you a little bit about her because this is very fascinating. This is very, I am very intrigued by all this. She's an intuitive uh, animal communicator, medical intuitive and energy healer. And she's founded at the sacredgrove.com that we're going to be putting the links down below so that you can find her because I bet you we all need this help once in a while with our, our beautiful animals that become part of our family. And uh, she also helps two people to connect their animals when they get into a new home and also when they're past and there's that deep pain and when they get um, at the same time when they get elderly and we see them suffering. So please tell us a little bit more about what you do and how you got here. Thank you, Monica. Um, well, I have the lovely ability, which I didn't have until later in life, of being able to connect telepathically with animals. And um, it's pretty nice. It never go, it never gets old. Uh, and I, I think that now I look back at my life, various things happened to move me in that direction. And at one point I was starting to learn energy healing. And I know a lot of energy healers taught me Reiki masters, other various ways. And my dog started communicating with me. And I'm like, what's that? Uh, my friend Mary said, it's called animal communication. I'm like, really? That's a thing? Um, I bet this is just like, okay. Because uh, the first dog that, that came and commute, and I say came because he had passed on and he showed up in my um, dining room and he was just like one ear up, one ear down. That was my little Timmy who I got in uh, Aiea in Hawaii. And he was just there for a second. And I got, um, I always like to say this, he was really happy he he took the time to come back and see me and let me know that he was fine and he still loved me. And it was like in a split second I got all that. So it was, and other things that happened uh, like that. And um, great stories, great experiences for me is probably the best way to say it. And when my dog Tibor came along, uh, I had some real issues. And uh, I started seeing visions when I would sit next to him on the couch of, of um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's there's a 
way of training that they do, they, they put people in some really thick outfits and then they teach the dogs how to run after them and grab them and pull them down. And I kept seeing that and say, Tibor, I mean, I knew you had a rough life, but what, what's going on? And then I got trained at it. And um, it was awesome to do it on purpose instead of just like stuff popping in. I really loved it. And I loved working with people because if you come to an animal communicator to find out what's going on, chances are you love your animal a whole lot. And so I get that love connection from the human, the person, as well as the connection of love or and whatever else is going on from the animal. And so I was hooked. And I, I continued to do my energy healing because it's a good combination, not only finding out what's going on, but so how do we change the situation? What do we do? Uh, and that that's where that's really where it started. I have uh, I am a Reiki master and I have two cats and one dog. And my older cat that she's already nine years old, one time we she was not getting good and she was kind of sick and always laying down. She's a fat ass cat because she don't move much. <laughs> So I started doing Reiki on her. And in that moment, she just started releasing gases and gases and gases. And I was like, oh, that's what you had. That's why you don't move much. I bet your belly was was hurting. And and then after that, she, she started acting even better. I do a lot. I do work a lot with telepathy. I am a channeler. So we're always in communication and and that's one of the abilities. Mm -hmm. And I do tend to talk with my pets and see what is going on with them or or emotionally. Sometimes I I make fun of them. It's like, oh, you're gonna tell me about your sad cat diaries or or, the, or things like that. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't got your your snacks today, and that's why you're sad. <laughs> <laughs> but it is real. It is real that we can communicate with them if we actually listen to to them. And they just want to, and I don't know if that even trauma later on, because I believe in reincarnation, it passed later on to humans that we wanted to be seen and we want to be heard. And in my experience, sometimes it is it comes from a past lives that we were animals and we were not being seen and not being heard. And I felt that was so interesting that not necessarily as kids in this timeline, it was from a very distant life that we were any animal in the past. I um, I would say my, my um, experience with that has been... Um, has I've not run across that yet. I'm going to say yet because, you know, that's really happens. But I do see that animals and people have been together before as animals and people. And sometimes I have felt actually the other way where an animal co comes in for whatever reason as an animal and they, they were in a, as a human relationship in the past. Uh, see, and, and to say that, I have to say that I don't believe there's a hierarchy of humans are better than animals. 
we're, we're all souls, we're all created out of love. And so that doesn't bother me. It's just, I find it fascinating. So I, I've had those two experiences. I've had animals that I recognized that I knew uh, when I was younger. And I've also worked with people where they, they've been in connection with animals uh, to our bit, who are here again to usually complete something or enjoy something together, things like that. Something that I came to understand a while back too, and uh, if we wanted to learn what's unconditional love, how it works and how it feels, you just have to see your dog. Cats are different, but your dog, your love would love you no matter what. And it's not trying to change you, modify you, or even judge you. That's the truth. It is that they, they gave us, it is so constant. And if we as human beings, we just observe our animals, or we hire someone that if we're blocked for any reason that you cannot communicate, that you think you cannot communicate with your animal. Because it's a, it's a thought that we can't. But if you think you can't, hiring someone like you and having that conversation and knowing what is wrong, what is the emotion, because they feel us, us we will understand better what is unconditional love. Am I wrong? You are right. Uh, there is, and I'm going to add another aspect because a lot of times in spite of this very strong love, there are behaviors that they are exhibiting that makes life difficult for both them and their people. Um, anxious dogs, uh, and um, scared cats, things like that. And so when you can go in and find out what is going, what is the origin or the cause of those behaviors? It's emotional. So you could say, where did the emotional, where did the emotional upset come from? What is it and where did it come from? Then you can start doing he healing and you can go heal the past for them, which brings them into a place where they're able to be in that unconditional love a lot more because that's the, I mean, that is the nature. That is the gift, I think, for many of us. And also the gift is learning to love them as they are imperfect. And I think it's easier sometimes with the animals than it is with people. So it gives us somebody to work on. <laughs> because how can I say it? We all know the relationship with people has lots of stuff going on. And so that there's some work that we can do. And then I believe that they're coming here for, for gifts from us of um, how I, I've met many animals who also desire unconditional love and maybe have not experienced that. They've been uh, seen as work beasts or you know whatever else they thought they had a purpose but they were not seen as full beings in their own right. And so sometimes they come in, especially nowadays as pets, to feel that love from their people, which were they were, they were just, they were needing so much. So it, 
I hope that uh, made sense. And if it doesn't, please ask me more. Something that I have also encountered in my experience with my dog that I adopted about three years ago. It had a very sad story how he even arrived to my son's first, that someone threw him on top of a fence and it was a pool and my son rescued him from the pool. And from there he was with him until he had a kid, but because he barks too much, he ended with me. And uh, and I when I when he finally arrived at my house, I started observing him in like this dog has PTSD. And it's like he had the abandon syndrome so on top of him that because he's been literally abandoned, throw him in the fence, and then he knew it was a boat where he was gonna drown. And then he was attached to his owner, and his owner had kids that he could not live anymore with his owner until finally he arrived here. And and that is a syndrome of abandon. And I don't know what he passed to his last owners before he arrived with me. And I started observing that he has certain behaviors. And it was like, oh my God, this dog has PTSD. Like we need to work with him with the PTSD, like humans. Yes. And so forth. You know, um, there's trauma for animals, just like there's trauma for people. And um, my little, I got two that uh, right now who are learning that this is their forever home. I got one of one of them, one was rehomed at least once or twice. So every time she gets in the car, she thinks, oh no, you're taking me. So I'm not going in the car because you're taking me somewhere and you're not bringing me back. We're working on it. We're talking, communicating, but it's, Yes, there is. There's anxiety, fear, um, a traumatic event that they're still living with. Uh, even and it's amazing. So that's what we're that's that's what we're doing too with a lot of behaviors finding out what's the emotional or what's the origin, emotional or behavioral. What happened in the past that brought them to this place where they where they are afraid. Or they, they, um, well, a lot of it is fear and anxiety, and they just can't relax. That's a lot of things I say. Uh, I see. I I see other things. I I saw. <laughs> so something a little different. A, a a dog, and when I went in to ask what was going on with him, because he lives in the suburbs, um, he was like, "I don't get this," and I got a picture of a mountain lion. As if he had been a mountain lion before, and now he's got a leash around his neck, <laughs> and and there's all these other beings around. These dogs and mountain lions should be, they should be by themselves. And but he loves this person, and um, we knew for a fact that he came into her family, and he loves her cat for a purpose. So we asked if we could retire the mountain lion sense and let him change his job. To family pet. We were like, I'm going on a walk. I'm going to meet some dogs. I'm going to get some good food. I'm going to get to run around. I don't, I mean, life is good. So there, there was even that today. It was really interesting. And in the cat's 
are very, very different personalities than dogs. Yes. And each cat has their own personality. Decide that. Like dogs too, but but yeah. cats more more visible. More visible than, than dogs. Dogs usually they love their owner and they will protect their owner. Even like I have a tiny, tiny little one. He he have his I tell him your ego is bigger than you because he thinks a big dog is like I'm gonna protect you. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are gonna do that. <laughs> but in the case of cats, it is very different. Why is that? What is that's such a difference between I understand different different animals, dogs and cats. But why there's so much difference in that way? Have you encountered something in there? I, I do you know, I actually um I've always been wondering about that myself. And I'm I'm gonna I I think that when souls inhabit different species bodies, they they then take on what that species has learned over the tens of thousands of years. And cats have a very different um, history with humans than dogs do. And uh, I think that um, this is part of their ancestry. If I could say it that way, I do think that the, the ancestry and the the past says I, I I my view and understanding the world is from my ancestors and so I look at it differently um, I'm not just a predator I'm prey so I'm, I'm looking at it from that point of view I think that's a lot of it um, and I haven't gotten I can't give you any more except that I do feel even though the way they express themselves is different, I have found that there is a lot of love there for their people, even though it's not dog-like and not a dog-like expression of love. Um, yes. <laughs> like, um, you, you can't hear. So this little girl, Bunny, I one time could not shut my mind up enough to go to sleep. And so I'm laying on my back going, I gotta get up for work. She comes and lays on my chest. And about 10 minutes later, all that stuff has gone away. And I'm ready to fall asleep. I'm like, wow, that's good. Thank you so much. So um, I, I looked for what the special gift, maybe it's, that's the skill or gift that they might bring. Something that I have observed too, it is about they uh, also can see energies. Yes. Way better than humans. Yes. And they and they need to be more protective of their owner or their loved one. There, there, there was, um, yeah, my, my cat Mac, her brother and I were in the dining room and we heard somebody walking down the stairs and we knew there was nobody there and mac looks at me like do you hear that i'm like yeah i do and then they come down to the landing where they there was nobody there could see them where, where we would have been able to see them if they were in physical form and i saw mac's eyes get all all soft 
and a loving and things like that. And I thought, it's got to be somebody in the family, probably my grandmother, <laughs> because I think she was her cat before he came to me. But he's, he clearly picked up on that energy. <laughs> I, I have an experience with one of my, uh, with my cat and uh, when she was the only one in that time in the house. I hear her meowing. I was channeling and so forth. I was doing my work in this office and I was hearing her in the back meowing and meowing and meowing. She, usually she's a very quiet cat. She stays in one place and she sleeps there and she, it's hard to move her. She's lazy. <laughs> and I hear her Mowing and mowing and mowing, and like, okay, what is going on over there? I do work with animals, I was channeling. And as soon as I get to where she was at, she was looking at the front door. And then I felt an energy huge. And it was not a pretty sensation of that energy. And that's why she was mowing. And she started bowing to uh, the energy that it was there. And the energy did not feel good. So I did a, a, my banishing from my house and so forth. And then she started bowing to me. And I was like, I have never seen that again. But it was the first time I seen it. And I was like, what did just happen here? Like, I don't know. Like, but the cat the first was bowing to whatever it was there, that it was not nice. And then she started bowing to me. And I was like, Okay, this was too straight for me to even to to understand about just what visually I can see because what can sense it I can see it, yes. but I, but you know what I mean with that. I do, I do, yeah, I get the sense too, yeah. And and just playing with what really happened in there okay, because let me, let me, what was your cat? What's your cat's name? Seely. Seely, okay, Seely. So you were seeing that. And I'm bowing there. Tell me you're showing now. What was going on in your mind when you were doing that? We sure connected. Let me just see what I get. There's something about the bowing <laughs> that is acknowledging the energy. Um, that there was, oh, so there, it, it may even be some, this is interesting, there, there may have been some energy that has been there before, or anyway, she recognized it, um, and there was a, a hello, I, it, and if it didn't feel good to you, good for you, um, and then when she turned and bowed to you. So what was that all about? Oh, goodness. Well, this is interesting. So the bowing also felt like pulling, let me see if I can explain this. It felt like pulling the energy off this guy or, you know, like trying to deflate him. I'm saying him, I don't know, this thing. And when she was done, she did have some, energy that would be useful and she was passing it on but it was because 
like my little girl here. It's got to have been good energy that was she was just passing it on. I don't know where that came from, but this is what I received. So you know about I just share share it with you. Um, I think she was a, trying to um, deflate him, and then she got some of that and passed it on to you for clear uh, for clearing. Okay. So there was nothing within her or in the house that would that would be still be around. Mm. Okay. That's interesting. Okay, I'm hoping that makes sense. There, there's something about an energy exchange there, of um, keeping keeping it safe. Yes. Well, I do work a lot in energy with energy at home, <clears throat> and, mm. and uh, and yeah. But I have never seen that in any animal, and never seen that uh, happen ever again. I have not repeat that. Must have been um, really fascinating, but there was a transfer of energy, and you were able to clear it out, so it didn't stick around in the house. She was holding holding it back and also deflating it at the same time. Hmm. Okay, that was interesting. It is very sad uh, when they start getting older. Yeah. And and cats or dogs or any of our our lovely pets that we all love. And uh, what is the best way of action as humans to support them in that in those times that is difficult? That I know you work with that. I do I do, and I, I wrote my book "Peace and Passing: Comfort for Loving Humans During Animal Transitions," um, and I the second edition. I added so much more to talk just about what you asked me because I realized that for us humans, our grief starts as soon as we start to see our animals decline or we get a very difficult um, prognosis or diagnosis from the vet. That's where our grief starts and it starts to well up and we look forward and we wonder where it's going to go. How do we slow it down? Um, how are we going to live without them? What are the other animals going to do? So my first thought always is to remember, to remember that they did not hear that diagnosis. Because mm -hmm. those words, uh, I'm not even say the words, but you can think of any word that you heard around an animal you loved. You hear that word, it's so darn heavy. And we carry that energy. So remember that they don't, they didn't hear it. They're, they're living with what their body's feeling and truthfully, what our energy is around that. So the one of the things that, that, I, I I do is I imagine that they're telling you I'm not dead yet. <laughs> and I don't mean this in a smart alecky way, but hey, I'm still here. And which is a lovely way for us to say, oh yeah, let's get back in the now. Let's get back in the fact that we have 
our animal here right now and um, take it a, like a step at a time. Uh, when it, as things, as they change, you, you change your routine and you get more flexible about what they're able to do and what they're not able to do. And um, for me, how long walks can my dogs go and uh, what do they still enjoy and things like that. So you keep looking for the good, well, the joy of still having them in your life and, and letting them know how much they're loved. And then the step at a time, what do you need to do to keep them comfortable and enjoying as long as they can? Those, those are like the two things that always pop up for me. Hi everyone, this is Monica Ramirez, the Warrior of Love. And if you have been feeling stuck where you are right now, or if you have felt that you cannot connect with others in the same language or the same emotions that you're feeling. If you're a coach, a healer, energy worker, in any of those branches, maybe this is for you. Because we have felt the disconnection for the rest of our family, friends, that we cannot connect to them. And we're so afraid to actually go deep dive when we're getting triggered by our own clients because we're seeing our mirror image with them. My name is Monica Ramirez, the warrior of love, and that's my spiritual name. And I take clients from feeling confused and feeling stuck to feeling free, to feeling that they empower, they feel empowered from themselves. I created a system path to the heart that goes in three levels. And the first level, it is healing the inner child, healing the parts of us that we've been so afraid or it's very painful to do it. I have done it myself, not only with me, and I have done it with many, many of my clients that I take them to this, to this process. The second level, it is to go more into inner self, clearing the family lineage, to breaking the contracts and vows, learning deeper more about the laws of the universe and the third level it is learning how to channel how to do waking up your uh, and getting online your kids unique gifts that the world so much needs right now so if you wanted to know more about this i am eager to show you and to teach you all what i know that i use every day in my life so thank you for being here in this page. I really appreciate it. And this is Monica Ramirez, the warrior of love. Do you have any advice for persons that they want to communicate with their, with their pets, with their animals? And more in these moments, like how to make them feel more comfortable? Yes. Start with your heart. You're already connected. You love them. I know that. Do it on purpose. Imagine if you, you know, imagine that your hearts are connected. I always see a green light because the heart chakra is seen as green. And you see that green light and you both bouncing that lovely energy back and forth and, and feel it. And then um, 
there are different ways to get quiet and just shush your mind up and ask how they're feeling or what would they like. And the biggest thing to do with that is just to be open to maybe a feeling, a physical feeling, an emotional feeling. You might get a flash of a picture in your head. You might um, get words, usually visuals, or you might get a knowing. And the very first thing you get is the best information that comes through. And then your, your head starts to mess with it and say, well, I don't know. You know, that probably made that up. I, I don't know how to do this. But just say, yes, thank you. Okay, we'll do that. Um, and um, asking them how they're feeling uh, and what will make them feel more comfortable and whatever it is, you know, try it out. Do you teach, uh, do you teach classes about how to do this to people? I do. I, I teach um, New Connect Animal Communication classes. Uh, I, and I do it uh, once, I do it in the spring and in the fall. And we do online. So I've got people from all over the place so that you can really practice real time with your animal and with others. Yeah. When is going to be the next one? Uh, August 30th. <laughs> we start August 30th, yes. And with uh, the uh, registration, we can still join through Friday the 25th. And they can find that in your website, correct? They can, yeah. It's it's work with Mary Beth, train with Mary Beth. Boy, I'd love to have some more folks. In. And I always keep a small class, so there's a lot of time for discussion and questions. It, it, I think you learn a lot more when you're completely engaged. I did hear uh, a while back uh, one time when my my dog got sick. A friend of mine told me, hey, I can attune him so he can become Reiki, a Reiki, uh, Reiki practitioner. For me, it was too often. Like, why want my dog to be dealing with healing others? I understand that they get attunement and so forth and so forth. But it's not gonna, going to be actually be doing work with other people. He just happy next to me all the time. So, <laughs> so it's not going to be you know, giving the service to others in that way, like, but how that can help an animal that, or, or it's important to attune the animal to become a, a Reiki, Reiki practitioner. Hmm, I never thought about that. Yes, someone offered me that, and I was like, I'm not too sure. Like, I thought, you know what, um, Okay, that kind of hit me. I'm like, wow, I am. Okay, well, truth is, for me, uh, let's see, what's the experience? I'll say it that way, not the truth. But the experience for me is I do know there are animals like Bunny's been hanging around a lot more, somehow assisting in the energy that I do when I'm healing. And I do also know that some animals in the afterlife choose to have some choose to have some jobs. So possibly that's that's possible. Here in this life, 
I suppose if we have service dogs who help people maneuver through life and they choose to do it, and those guys are doing it because they love to, maybe this is another spot that they could, you know, be a a co you know, co-practitioner with somebody. Um, but I truly did never thought about whether that would be something a, somebody would aspire to. <laughs> That's as far as I can go with that one. So absolutely yes. <laughs> Unless they told you directly, I don't know. When they, when they asked me, it was like, I'm not sure if 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 I want to. He have to deal with energy when he have to deal with his own, because now at this point he's an old dog. Like, like, why want to put him more than he already have to deal with? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Is like, what's what's what is best for him right now? And mm -hmm. usually it's comfort and love, mm -hmm. um, not teaching a new skill. And if he yeah. really, if he wants it, I'm sure there's a Reiki master on the other side. <laughs> bring him on board i'm not that smelly i'm sorry but i do have that sense <laughs> i do understand that in more in the in the native with all the native americans we have animal guides every single human being mm -hmm. and we're going to connect with them or not but we still have it and it's different it can be a wolf it can be a bear it can be whatever it is there is something that has to do with the same animal communication, even if we don't have pets, because even if we don't have pets, we still have our animal guide. Correct? Yeah. Yes, I think everybody does have an animal guide if they if they choose to bring them on board. It, it's um, what I and what I it feels like the truth is for me is that. It's animal communication in the way that I practice it is one, one soul to another and an animal totem, an animal guide may be the spirit of the species. So you're not communicating directly with an individual or it could be, I guess it could be an individual, but usually I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm interesting to hear what you would say, Monica, because a lot of times I feel like that it's the energy of the species that I'm connected with. I, individual. I know I have a wolf as one of my animal guides, uh -huh. and I have a dragon too at the same time. Yeah. And, but it is, they're individuals. It's not a collective. They are individuals. Okay. They're not a collective. Uh, like they're not the collective. Species okay. that I can connect, but they're individuals, both of them. Interesting. Um, so your experience and mine are are different. I'm going to have to say that. Uh, and in that case, that is animal communication, absolutely, because it's individual to individual. Yes. Please, Mary Beth, uh, tell us a little bit more about your book, and show us your book and and tell us oh, a little okay. out there. So my friend. He actually painted it's painting is behind me he did a watercolor that uh created this book uh and my book is talks about 
how I, I how to manage or navigate is a better word navigate from um, the time that you know things are are going to there's going to be an ending in sight. We always know that intellectually, but at some point in life, it's like, yeah, it's I can see it now. So I talk I have talked about a lot of alternate therapies that people can use that they they, they they're still going to the regular vet and um, but you can there's all kinds of things that can help animals continue our animals continue to say stay healthy as long as the body's open to it and um, what, let's see and then there's a a ton of great stories from people that I've worked with and their animals. So we've got stories of before, during, and after they've passed. And I talk about how you might set up the transition itself to make it as possible, as the best memory for both you and your animal. Uh, we even talk about asking them if there's something they want to do. Uh, I had a dog that it wasn't, he had neurological, really bad neurological problems. I saw him in person and he was only able to go around in circles because there was something going on there. And I, they wanted to know why I was sticking around. And he says, I didn't get my birthday party. And I, I said, he says, he said, actually said he's waiting for a party. And the boyfriend says to, to the uh, guardian, she, he says, yeah, we give him a birthday party every year and all his doggy cousins come over and it's a total riot and he's, he wants that. So <laughs> this, okay, right? So like you ask, what do, where do you want to, what do you want to do? Is there something you want to do before? And, um, or, or even who needs to be there when you, you go and, and where, where would you like to, like it to be? And you might find things out. So there's during it, how to help them explain to them what's going on and even after they pass how to connect with them and um, how they might show up for you and how to feel that connection and stay in uh, stay in connection with them and if you believe in reincarnation you know like looking for signs that they they uh, were with you before and they're here now and even how you pick up the next animal how or they pick you <laughs> so, that, that was the next question that i wanted to ask you okay. yeah say someone wants an animal they go to a shelter and they have to choose yeah and how do you know which is the best one for you when you're in a shelter that for it is very different than going to a, a, a PetSmart or any store to go and buy a little puppy. In the shelters, they all have been abandoned or whatever. They, they have a story there. Yes. So how do you choose which one it will be the best one for you? This is where you open up your heart and your intuition. So I, I absolutely believe that our next animal and we have made a decision somewhere along the way that we are going to get together and be buddies and we're going to live together so you go in 
or even you look at pictures because that's how I found my Tibor. You go in and you look for some kind of a connection where you go, where, where you just, there's a knowing. Uh, this, they all need homes, I know. But this is the one, this is the one we're taking home. Um, when I saw Tibor's picture, I'm like, that's the dog, that's the guy. Uh, same thing happened with my dog Molly, who I Molly, who I got in in uh, February. I saw her picture and I said, "Yeah, she's we're gonna she's gonna be home with us." So there's a if you listen to your intuition, there's gonna be that connection. Sometimes they'll come up to you. We and then you gotta really listen. My husband uh, was I was actually out of the house on the West Coast in California doing animal communication training and I get text from him. And he says, I went to get pet food and then I looked at all the cats and went to scratch this little cat's ear. And he said, she grabbed my finger and said, I'm really tired of being here. I wanna go home. And this, and, it, I, and so he says, we now have another cat in the house. <laughs> And he's not an animal communicator, but he listened. And and Shannon's part of our, our story. So uh, there are various ways. And I have a, a question that I see has been happening more, that I've been meeting people that they have 10 dogs and I don't know how many cats. How much is too much? Because even as a, as a human, when you have more than 10 kids, human kids is you cannot give the attention to the 10 kids at the same time it's impossible you're one person so how much it is too much in the adoption part because i know people that actually literally have 20. yeah and that's that's really hard for me because my my guy newt who had to who um my dogs and cat Dogs who had passed actually showed me in a dream that that was the guy that I was going to get. They hooked up with him and ran around, and then I saw him. He came from a house where they, they would have called, they called it a hoarder, a dog hoarding house. And um, this guy did not get his needs met. I'm going to say it clearly. He is such a snuggle butt bunny he was one of the ones that the person was willing to give up. So obviously there was no attachment there. He has a lot of anxiety. Um, people didn't think he was gonna be adopted because his anxiety levels and his behaviors were so, uh, they were pretty crazy. And um, so I look at that and I said, well, I'm glad you're with me, but he didn't get the love and the attention and the feeling that he was special. And so for me, if if you can't do that for a dog, probably it's too much. Because no matter what the personality is, they need love and probably cats too, even if it's a different way. Mm -hmm. There's something they need to know that they're special and loved. That's that's the sense that I have. I'm not going to do numbers, but but if you're not doing that for all of them, you're just feeding them and wishing them well. I don't know. So at your service, it is 
to teach people how to communicate with their pets. And what else? Because so I, I teach and I do individual sessions with people because not everybody is is like, yeah, I want to do that. Mary Beth, you help me. So I do a lot of that. That's that's what I do on a daily basis um, is connecting with with people and their pets who usually have behavioral problems or physical issues uh, because I can I can pick up how the, the body is feeling and um, we, we look for ways to improve the um, relationships. And sometimes we go with the person and what's going on there. And sometimes it's with the animal, but, it, but it's um, working with both the human and the other species and seeing if it can turn it into a better relationship, both physically or emotionally. Yes. And uh, I bet some people should not have pets too at the same time. So how do you approach to them to tell them that they should give their pet an adoption to someone else? Uh, um, what actually happens truthfully is I have people come to me who say, for instance, I've got a baby. I've worked it, I've got dogs, they have I've trained them hugely, but I'm a single mom and they're still not, I'm not sure I can keep them safe. So they come to me and then we talk about talking about the dogs and letting them know that they're going to get rehomed after this person's done everything. I generally don't try to convince people to let go of their dogs, I think, or their cats, their animals. Um, we work with what is and they make the, the best decision that they can. And truthfully, as I say, most of those people that I've had lately have come to me to say, I don't think it's good. As a family, we, we're not, it's not working anymore. So what do we do? And then, then we talk to the animals and let them know what's up and what's going on. What strategies do you recommend to people to create a better bond with their pets? Oh, there's some very simple things. Um, <laughs> pull down the electronic devices <laughs> and get and do something with them that's just you and them for a little while. Do it more than once. I, I am guilty of that to get, done, get rid of the to-do list find that whatever it is that they enjoyed. It's almost like with, I'm telling you with children, you know, but, but spend real time with them, things that they enjoy. Um, what else? If they're, ner if, they're, if they're the nervous type, those love to hear what's going on in your life. Now you don't think they understand you, but they probably do. So like, I'm going out, but I'll be right back. And you see a little picture. Uh, let them know, let them know. So-and-so is coming over today, but I'll make sure that you're fine. And uh, you don't pre pretend, I'm using air quotes, um, that you, you are talking to them and they understand you. And do some eye-to-eye -eye if that, that's what they like. Uh, once in a while, do the love best, you know, just you and them, you tell them how much you love them. 
and you let them look at you and you get the feeling for them. If it, the love fest is down on the floor with you doing their belly or, or you know, whatever that is, is spend time one-on-one -on -one with them. And uh, that that connection makes is so important to, to I, making it stronger. I, I, I've had many of my friends and people that know me with my, with my pet that they know, oh my God, he barks too much. Every time the doorbell rings, every time the phone rings or something, he starts barking, he gets. And, uh, and today is a great day that we're having an interview and he's not barking. And, <laughs> but how do you approach that? Because you might love your animal, but you're working from home and you have to deal with them. How do you approach those kind of problems? Because it can become really annoying. Even if it's a kid, it really annoying. a dog can be annoying. Um, there's no perfect solution to that. I, I think people, you know, trainers are helpful uh, to do maybe some re- getting their thoughts in other places. Uh, with my little dog, Maui, because um, she was a barker, when, when I had time, I would run over to the window with her and say, what'd you see? What'd you see? What'd you see? And then I'd say, oh yeah, there's that squirrel again. There's always going to be a dog in the neighborhood. And if nobody was watching the window, I mean, I would actually bark with her just for fun, like we were together and say, okay, are you done? Let's go. Let's move on. Um, and um Sometimes it would work and sometimes, and there, then I had to get to a place where, you know what, that's my dog and he barks. Uh, it's got a lot to say. I've even thought about the fact that the people in our lives who like to talk a lot and you can't really shut them up and you think, well, that's Aunt Ethel doing her thing. And, and sometimes to help me have a little bit more uh, just patience over to say, well, there's Stella saying her thing because she's got stuff to say. It's not perfect, but I, I look for us to kind of change our viewpoint and also to help to help them that you hear them and ask them to relax and look, let's do something else. Um, from an animal communication point of view, that has helped some. <laughs> I'm going to start trying more with the camp. Yeah. And the thing is, is if you can make it silly and have fun, I've even sung to my dog when he would get into a growly growl or a bark and say, here we are barking at the people again, or something like that, where they're like, what the heck's up with you? <laughs> <laughs> I only tell him like, oh my God, your ego's bigger than you. And like, you don't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> no, inside. I am large. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This has been so, so interesting. And if someone is interested uh, to learn how to communicate with their animals and are taking these classes, that it will be very, very grateful for the connection that we have with them. Not only about, it is about learning how to channel higher beings angels or whatever you want to channel we forget that we are around in this planet with the animals and we're sharing this beautiful planet with them 
why not have that communication with them? And I believe that is very important to first do the work in the planet before we start doing it outside of the planet with the galactics. And yeah. thank you for doing this work, Miguel. And thank you for letting us talk about so many different things. I, I appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Thank you so much. And her uh, information, so you can contact her and if you want to know about the classes or her book, your book, can we, they can find it in Amazon. And Amazon, yeah, it's there's a link on my uh, website too, but definitely Amazon, that's where most people get it from. Thank you. Thank you. So like that, you can... You are finding a way how to release that pain after your animal passed because we still miss them and we still want it to be with us. You can find her book and I will be putting that this in the description of this video. And uh, and in this podcast, also you're listening. So like that, you can find more information about Maribel Baker. Uh, thank you so much yeah. to everybody. And thank you, Maribel, for for being you and your work is actually really important for all of us and thank you for the animals too that they need that to to be here and be seen yeah appreciate the time thank you thank you mm -hmm.